<laughs> for the modern day. Yeah. Okay, we are recording. Sweet. Paul, hey, do you up, have our guys? jingle? <laughs> we do. Play it. <laughs> Um, you guys made a, guys made a jingle. Yeah, we do have a jingle. Hold on, I should honestly we'll start getting this it. up before we start. It's okay. But no, I got it. We have an hour. I'm Paul, and I'm Rachel, and this is the PR show. Look at Mike's face. Podcast <laughs> listeners, Mike has his hand over his mouth because he is so oh taken God. aback by that jingle. So I think. And you know exactly how rich it sounds in real life. Yeah. Oh my god. And I, and I, so with that, you know, let's, let's get started. This is episode eight. This is episode eight. In our show. Should we call oh this one god, Tree Huggers? Oh my god, Paul. <laughs> it's okay, PR show. show. Should we call this episode Tree Huggers? Yes! Tree Huggers. Let's, let's Tree, go for Tree Huggers. Unless something else. If you guys hit us with Triple E. Triple E. Yo, Tri-E, baby. Let's Tri-E, baby. Okay, so we have some options for what we're going to name this. You yeah, we'll have to think wait about until it. after we release it, and then you can see what we go with. Yeah, mm. we'll think about it. <laughs> it's very competitive. So we, um, we have very special guests with us this week. Um, we have our friend Mike, who is an... Um, Environmental and ecological engineering student at Purdue. Yes, he um, is. And very topical. If you listen to last week's episode mm-hmm. when we talked um, about sisters, my big sister Emily is Woo-hoo! on the podcast. Hello. <laughs> and Emily, you are involved in your sustainability society at school. Yep. Okay, that's so awesome. I did. Um, I was in Boiler Green Initiative at Purdue. And then I just recently um, started a sustainability committee um, in dental school. That's so awesome. Thanks. We're so excited to hear about it. So this is a topic that I... I love that. I know. Isn't that amazing? This is a topic that I actually am embarrassed to say that I don't know as much as I wish I did about. Because I do (laughs) think I have an essence of how, uh, like, dire this like field is that we like and how like we have dire consequences um Mm -hmm. if we don't really get our shit together so (laughs) i hope you guys can educate me (laughs) during this podcast yeah honestly i feel like your level of knowledge is rather high compared to the general public yes i hope so not meeting our listeners our listeners we know you guys we know you guys are woke (laughs) yeah that's true (laughs) if you're not woke don't listen I know. Get out of here. If you're not woke, please listen because you need to get educated. That is true. That is true. And that's why we're having them on because they have better advice than I do. (laughs) It's all about reaching, no, right? (laughs) Big sisters, no. It's all about reaching across the bridge. That's what we're all about. There you go. That's true. That's true. That's true. Thank you for joining us. um, No matter where you come from or what you think about the environment. Oh, (laughs) it's like a 180. (laughs) Okay, so. I'm just picturing, like, the Earth right now with, like, all of us holding hands around the Earth. Oh, my that's God. Nice that's a nice thought. I love that. Yes. Kind of cliche, but good. That's a good start. Yes. <laughs> okay. Um, so, just to start us off with, and Emily, I know you already kind of, um, like, introduced what your involvement is, but can you guys um, go through 
just kind of like your involvement with um, environmentalism in recent years, um, whether that's through like an organization or, or otherwise, um, and just like kind of talk about like maybe some of the things you've done with it or like some practices that you use. Yeah, do you want me to go first? Yeah, go for it. There's no, there's no order in this. You just, whoever talks first goes Free for first. All. You know, when anyone asks me about my podcast, they're like, oh, can I listen? Because Tori asked me the other day, and I'm just like, I always have to give a disclaimer and be like, this is the most ratchet podcast you're ever going to listen to. (laughs) Just a little disclaimer. And and everyone's first question, I know everyone's first question is always like, is it on Spotify or like Apple Music or or like Audible or something? And I'm like, it's on SoundCloud. And I think it's very fitting for what our podcast is. It is fitting. Honestly, it's probably easy to get it on Spotify. And I will figure that out. So if you're I listening like, to this on Spotify, congrats. You're from the future. I know. Yes. That's true. I do like, I like that we're on, SoundCloud. yeah, I like that we're on SoundCloud. It's, I think we fit SoundCloud. If Spotify is listening, please help us. I know. Sponsor <laughs> us. Spotify, I know the service is sponsor free and it's really easy us. to do, but still, can you help us? I know. Yeah. Wait, are we not going to be able to drink <laughs> on here if we get sponsored? What? No, we can definitely. I mean, as long as everyone's over twenty-one. Okay. Well, I'm gonna pull out a white claw. Well, we don't have to get just in case it's not allowed in the future. Just in case. <laughs> also, it's a podcast, so they can't even tell if you're drinking. Yeah. Or not. <laughs> <laughs> you would have to explicitly say that you're drinking on air oh my for God. them to know that you're drinking. Okay. Hey guys, this is my this is my lime green. <laughs> Ew! I don't like the lime green one. I like the grapefruit one. It, we're gonna do an ASMR episode where it's just you drinking various alcoholic beverages. <laughs> yeah, we should. Next podcast. Probably. Yeah. Okay, Emily, we'll let you get started. All right, we're going back to my question. <laughs> so, um, okay, so let's see. So, I started getting involved with environmental stuff in college. Um, I know I first started getting interested in it when I was in high school, but I. I don't think that there was, like, one specific instance where, you know, I became more interested. I think it was just, like, a lot of experiences that I had um, with, you know, I really liked nature a lot, and we traveled a lot when I was a kid, and, um, and so I mostly got involved in college, and I know when I came to Purdue, there's, like, there's so many, um, environmental clubs at Purdue and I knew I yeah. wanted to get involved in one but I just I didn't really know like which one because mm-hmm. there's so many of them um but I decided to get involved with Boiler Green Initiative because a lot of the clubs are maybe like specifically geared towards like engineers or like design things and that kind of stuff but Boiler Green Initiative is more like it's open to anyone and they're very like open for any kind of ideas to do on campus so I decided to get involved with them. Um, <clears throat> and then, let's see. So we did, like, we've done a lot of different projects through Boiler Green Initiative. We did, um, like, I guess a couple of our bigger ones were every year we do a campaign called Erase the Waste, where we um, we would go to the and for a couple of days we would collect all of the food people that didn't eat off of their plates they would have to scrape it into bins then at the end of the day we would weigh the food in order to figure out kind of an estimate of how much food gets wasted in the dining courts oh wow um, every day what did you and find I mean, out like what was the... i can't exactly remember the numbers but i mean it was more it than was you like expected thousands, and thousands of pounds um a semester so wow you know we 
kind of like published our results and stuff and it was just like I don't know crazy to think about you know when you're just one person and you waste some food you know it doesn't seem like a big deal but yeah when you think about the grand scheme of things like it is a big deal um so that's one event we did and then it's a big deal favorite- I guess because I like don't know much about it so it's a big deal also mm-hmm. to make the food like in terms of the agriculture and like um, all the energy required to get that food on your plate, but is it also a consequence of throwing it out? Because um, isn't most food gonna like be biodegradable? Oh no, I think Emily paused. Can you guys hear me, or am I paused? I can hear you. Okay. Oh no, Emily's paused. Let's see. So wait, what was your question? So my question was, I think I understand that like the energy that it takes to bring food on your plate, like for example, like a hamburger, like the meat industry and like raising all the cows or like all of that and just the energy to like make all of that. But then once you have food on your plate and like if you were to throw it away, how like Mm -hmm. does that have consequences on its own or is it more about the energy that it takes to make the food? Like, won't it just, isn't it biodegradable? I mean, yeah, I mean, it really depends on where you dispose of it, honestly. Like, if you're putting it in a landfill, there will be different consequences as opposed to, you know, composting it and using it for something else. Right, okay. um, I think, like, the big issue is there is so much energy, there's so much water that goes into producing some form of food yeah how do we like if we are going to consume that mm-hmm. like we need a mat we need to maximize how much right so, like, that's true <laughs> no we need to we need to optimize how much we consume exactly that's optimize. an ie term yeah. <laughs> okay i think emily what dropped out of the call so should we restart the call yeah wait paul you're on mute Okay, cool. So you're good. Okay, so Emily, we were talking about Yeah, so my kind of answered the question that I had about like why wasting food is so unsustainable. Um, Mm -hmm. Okay, are you wearing a Magnolia shirt like from Chip and Joanna Gaines? Yeah. Oh my god, I love that. (laughs) Are you in Texas? No, no, no. Okay. No, I just like them a lot. <laughs> I, I know too. I love HGTV. Oh my god, like, me too. Me too. I love it. Wait, oh I god. oh my god, that is another podcast topic about like HGTV. HGTV. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my favorite show. I can go on. Brothers. House mm. Hunters International is the best. Show. Oh my god, yes. <laughs> Also, it's like, so interesting seeing people of, like, all these characters, like, doing something normal, like, buy a house. Like, that's mm-hmm. so fucking interesting. And it's just funny, like, no, like you'll just be, like, sitting there. I'll be like, oh, my budget, I have a small budget of, like, $7 million. No. Like, find, this, <laughs> find this house on the ocean. And they're like, oh, I love it, but is it too close to the ocean? Mm. And I'm like, mm. like I, I, would, I would love that. I would love that, but whatever. Oh Interesting. Maybe up. something we talk about then is materialism at some point, but we can get to that. Oh, yeah, that's a good topic. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right, <laughs> Emily, you can keep nice going on what you were talking about. Sorry. <laughs> so, um, okay. <laughs> so I guess where I left off is last year, um, 
when I was a senior at Purdue um, was kind of like a, one, of, one of our bigger projects. And I had always wanted to do some sort of like climate march of some sort while I was at Purdue. Mm-hmm. Wait, and you so were still last here year, last year? We never met you. Yeah, I, <laughs> I know. I just graduated in May. Um, last I'm May. a bad brother. You are not a bad brother. <laughs> I just need to hear that. That was very nice. <laughs> I would have been like, yeah, yeah, you are. <laughs> oh, so hard on I did call you an angel on last week's podcast, so that's, oh, you know, nice. you're true to your <laughs> You also have 50 billion friends, so I can't possibly meet all of them. I just brought her on to make me look good. <laughs> I know, she's Paul's hype man. <laughs> okay, so yes. anyway, um... Um, the march, like help. Yes, so I organized a Earth March. Well, we called it like an Earth Walk, but it really was part of kind of a bigger Earth Day event. And so we basically started off with a march, and we had like um, a lot of our members and people who cared about the environment on campus come, and they a lot of people brought um, like cardboard signs and homemade signs that they made. And we literally just, like, marched around campus, and um, a lot of people saw us, and a lot of people, like, honked at us, whether that was good or bad. <laughs> um, and then afterwards, it was really, had kind of, like, a little Earth Day party, and we did um, succulent potting, so you could kind of, oh like, paint gosh. and design, like, a little pot and plant succulents. I love that. And um, we kind of just watched, like, videos about the environment and stuff. And had food, and it was really fun. So I was really happy that I got to plan that last year. It was kind of like a my like last big thing before I graduated, sort of. Yeah, so that was really all, fun. Yeah, it sounds it's interesting. Like I think also that it's a lot easier to be aware of the environment and be involved with those things if you're around people who are concerned Definitely. about that. Because that's oh okay, yeah. Sure. So Paul Paul's roommate and I, we were, Teddy, were both in Seattle this summer, and we kind of like talked about how like, I mean, it's not normal there to use plastic bags at all, and it's like so easy oh, for right. me here to just forget my like reusable bags when I go grocery shopping. Mm-hmm. But there, like, I would never forget because it's just they don't right. have plastic bags, and like just the right. community as a whole make it a point to be environmentally conscious, and like I would always. Yeah. Personally, I always get a little nervous when they have, like, the recycling bin and then the trash can, and I don't really know which one goes where. Here, I mm-hmm. sometimes, if I was in a rush, I wouldn't think about it, about, like, oh, I'll just throw it in the trash. But there they had the right. trash can, the recycling bin, and the composting bin, and I, I took it upon myself to, like, be educated about what needs to be recycled, what needs to be composted, what needs to be thrown away, just because that's what, like, everybody around me was doing. I mean, right. maybe it's a like a character flaw that I didn't take it upon myself to be educated about that. But now, honestly, it's a lot easier. I mean, I a huge plastic bottle person before last year, and now I haven't used a plastic bottle in like a while. So like, yeah. and just awesome. used to yeah, like a yeah. But it's just like these small things that like isn't a big deal if you kind of know how to do that. It's I'm just like really grateful that I had that experience because it wasn't mm-hmm. it wasn't like me who necessarily consciously decided to do it it's just but like kind of the environment that I was around that kind of taught me Mm -hmm. to live a lifestyle and make choices like that yeah environmentalism definitely sort of a group mentality in a way you know it's hard when you know maybe you feel like you're not making a very big difference when it's just you one time bringing your canvas bags to the grocery store but 
I mean, that small little thing, if everyone does it, it really does start to make a difference. So yeah, yeah, I totally a lot I of think... the big impacts that are made are just a lot of little small things that a lot of people do together. And that's what really starts to make an impact. Yeah, you might also think that you're maybe not an example. But like me, for example, mm-hmm. like I saw someone. So we have a thing at Purdue called Cactus. We have a place called Cactus on Thursdays um, that we all go to. And we basically <laughs> what you do is you take your cup there and they fill up this. I don't even know how big it is. But they give you a straw. And I saw one of my, like, friends brought, like, her metal straw. And I use one at home, but I never thought to bring it with me to Cactus. But ever since Mm. I saw her do it, like, I always bring one. So I think it's, like, even though you don't, yeah, like, even though you don't think that you're an example, like, you really can be. Mm -hmm. So And honestly, I, I think a lot of environmentalism stuff has become kind of trendy in a way, but in a good way. In a good way, right, yeah. You know, like... Yeah, I think, honestly, that's how a lot of this stuff, like, the good environmental causes start is through kind of trendiness and, like, it, the way, like, we maybe, like, advertise, like, water bottles. Like, I feel like everyone now has some sort of, like, cool metal, like, hydro flask or yeah. something. or a glass water bottle. Oh, yeah, that was – I love to take – I had a Voss water bottle in high school, and I loved taking that oh, around yeah. and, like, refilling it because it was made of glass. <laughs> Because my favorite YouTuber yeah. had one. <laughs> I'm just like really. Like, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. Like you can look at the stuff like the whole like the save the turtle thing. Or, yeah. Um, how everyone yesterday on Earth Day, everyone was like posting pictures on Instagram. Yeah. Of like places they've been, and yeah, it's like a little, a little bit self-serving, but yeah. Mm-hmm. I but still it's think a greater cause. Think, um, very good exactly yeah I think aware awareness is awareness no matter what yeah yeah Yeah. there is kind of I mean this is not just I think for environmentalism it's a little bit more of a separate topic but just to touch on it really quick like even though like when things get trendy people are like oh you're just doing it because it's trendy but at the end of the day it kind of is serving the greater good so yeah personally I'm not as opposed to it when like whether it's environmentalism or certain cultural things become trendy trendy, and a lot of people kind of bring awareness because, yes, it may be bringing a little bit of, mat- like, not materialism. I'm trying to think about the right word. Just, like, people just trying to get on a bandwagon about it. But yeah. it does also bring, like, some genuine, like, awareness about different topics. So. Yeah, very true. I don't know. Very true. So, Mike, do you want to maybe talk about your experience in environmentalism? <laughs> Oh, definitely. And how it kind Um, of started and how you got involved. Yeah, so I would say the main, I guess, like, starting point for me was, I think, oh my god, I think it was 11th grade in high school. I feel like, I feel like for most people, and Richa, we were talking about this a little bit earlier, but most people get involved through education Mm -hmm. and taking coursework that is environmentally focused, so... I took AP Environmental Science. Um, apes. And, like, apes. Oh, my God, I love apes. Um, and, like, for real, like, it changed, like, my perspective yeah. on a lot of these issues. Um, and, like, stuff I wasn't even, like, aware about. Um, and I think, like, prop. I don't want to say, like, the media and, like, propaganda, like, play a huge part in... Um, Kind of like, again, like going back to like the whole Save the Turtles thing, uh, like putting like a face to the environmental movement is really important. Definitely. Um, in terms of just like getting people like 
I know, before, like, five years ago, it was literally just Al Gore. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 and that to a lot of people was a bad face for it. A lot yeah. of people, you know, yeah. saw that Don't like Al with Gore. a bad connotation. Yep, right. yeah, yeah. I mean, that's... That, okay, I guess since we're talking about politics a little bit, so I grew up in Georgia, and so, I mean, people associate the environmental movement with just being a liberal thing, but, like, mm-hmm. for us, we never even had a Democrat running for, like, our environmental and ecological, like, positions and things like that, like, our conservation positions. It was always a Republican, and we've won so many awards, like, in Atlanta for our conservation efforts and, like, things like that so it's like it it doesn't have to be a polarized topic it's become a polarized topic because people it shouldn't be be, right i mean because my biggest thing with environmental stuff is it shouldn't be a polarizing topic because it is fact there's no you really there is no no, opinions about it yeah you know there's data there's facts there's reports that you can it's a science right it's Mm -hmm. science and so sometimes the most frustrating about it is that there are people who are holding us back from these great goals we can have in terms of the environment yep. just for maybe political or personal reasons right, when, right. you know, it's not really something that is even debatable in the first place, really. Yeah, yeah, no, totally. And I think that's why making it trendy is kind of a good thing because it that makes it oh, like yeah. more mainstream so that it Definitely. kind of reaches across both sides yeah. of the aisle. So it doesn't have to be some like, Right. Liberal Seattle thing that they do in these yeah. like right, places. Right, right. It's like all of us can live like that. And I think it's also I mean it it's I mean the conservation efforts is just a lot like also a spiritual thing. I remember after taking apes I kind of felt like not not spiritual like in a religious perspective but spiritual and just like a person perspective mm-hmm. like you yeah. know you kind of want to be a part of the ecosystem and not yeah. like destroy Definitely. it be like more of like a part of it and like live sustainably and like be a part of this cycle of life i mean it's kind of like a fundamental belief that i don't know if i've ever really met somebody who doesn't really believe in that like just being one with nature like i feel like it's kind of a thing that like everyone kind of has that belief so it's like i think it's definitely i hope it becomes a universal thing that it is truly meant to be it it has to yeah it has to become a universal thing yeah i mean i just feel like environmental like it is almost like a moral and like a value-based science where you have to think about you know your grandchildren or your great-grandchildren or your grand great great-grandchildren because a lot of this stuff won't necessarily affect you in your present life but it will affect someone else so right yeah and also it won't necessarily affect us because we live Right now, at least, I don't know, where are you located right now, Emily? I'm in Indiana. Okay, so yeah, we're in Indiana, so we're not necessarily bordering an ocean or anything like that. And also, we have a really big country. So even though we're kind of the number one or number two contributors to, like, pollution worldwide, it doesn't affect us because we're, like, we're kind of landlocked. Right, and I think something that's also important... Oh, go ahead, Emily. You might actually be saying the same thing, but it's kind of... You know, geographically, we're, you know, well, but I think a lot of the inv- the issues in environmentalism is it, it disproportionately affects um, people in terms of their, you know, socioeconomic status, their mm-hmm. race, mm-hmm. their gender. And so, you know, unfortunately, you know, a lot of us here in the United States that are privileged, we a lot of people maybe don't believe in climate change or helping the environment because it personally does not affect them or they don't see how it personally affects them. 
I, you know, someone maybe who's lower income or, you know, in they live in a minority area where there's, you know, a huge factory polluting their, their community, you know, those are the people, unfortunately, that it's affecting the most, but those are also the people that have the least amount of voice and they're the least heard among, you know, our country and our political system, but also around the world. You know, we, those are the people that we don't listen to the most and they're the really the ones we should be listening to because they're the most affected by you know all of these things related to climate change yeah i didn't actually think about that that even in our country here like even in america i only just i only thought about like geographically how we're kind of well placed but also in like industry towns or like coal mining towns yeah like that definitely affects people which people who live there tend to have like people of a lower socioeconomic status tend to like be in those situations I also, one thing, yeah, one thing that I learned um, when I took EAPS actually at Purdue was that, for example, like a country like Costa Rica has seen a lot of damage because of environmental, like because of pollution and because of rising sea levels. Um, And they actually contribute the least amount to all of that. Like, it's like you... It's really sad. This is, yeah, I mean, this is something that we really need to like all... It's not about us, like, even though right. we think that, like, what we're, cause, because what we're doing is affecting the world, we need to look at it in a worldly perspective and not about the way it affects us. Like, I remember, yeah, I remember going to, sh- um, what was that, what's that museum in Chicago? The, um, the Field Museum? Yeah. Or no, 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 the Museum of Science and Industry. Okay, yeah. Yeah, and they had this, like, really great video about this guy who didn't believe in environment, like, any, like, they thought, he thought, like, climate change was a hoax and things like that. And then he, like, talked about how, so he was a photographer, and he went up to the North Pole, um, and he took pictures of glaciers, and he was like, glaciers are very telling of what the environment used to be like back in the day, because it stores kind of the, you're able to figure out what the carbon dioxide levels are in the atmosphere, because the ice stores Mm -hmm. it. And he was like, and I mean, it's literally because glaciers are changing so fast. I was talking to my aunt who lives in Alaska and she was saying they like built like a little center around like next to a glacier. And now it's 50 yards away from it because they're moving so fast. And it's like, so it's, it's not like you can't, if you really, really wanted to understand how the environment is affecting us and you really don't believe it, there is proof that you can see in the matter of like days. I mean, I was like, yeah, I think that was really interesting. Mike, you seemed really excited when um, Emily was talking about how environmental yeah. environmentalism affects people differently. I don't know well, if you wanted I mean, to touch on that a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it's the whole, like, we have to acknowledge, like, our privilege in this situation where we are yes. well off. Like, yes. granted, so I'm in New York right now. I live, like, five minutes from the ocean. Um and like, like he's from Long Island. Right. Yeah, from Long Island. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Did I get the accent um, right? I tried. Long Island. Good. Long Island. Do you know Long Island Medium? Okay, I actually I ha- I've seen her before. Oh my! I've never, never like met her. Did met you her. see her hair? Is it always like that? Yeah, I mean that's like half my family. Oh my god! <laughs> I love that. Nice. Is she Italian, oh too? I'm assuming, like... Caputo, <laughs> yeah. Her last name is Caputo. Yeah. Shit, I love that. <laughs> anyways, anyways. Um, what is that? Like, you can't... That's, like, one of the things... Like, one of the main reasons why I like 
the major that I'm in is it's not just about like the science. Like you have to consider the economic part of it. You have to consider the social impact. Um, and like you can look at examples of like things like Flint, Michigan. Like these are this is a poor minority community that doesn't have access to clean water. Um, and look how in the richest country in the history of the world. Exactly. Um, yeah. And you can look at like other examples of this, like um, I guess like the famous like environmental cases like Love Canal. Oh yeah. Where, I don't know about Love Canal. Love Canal, it was in the seventies or eighties, um, and basically this like chemical company for the longest time was dumping chemicals into a little like a pit and covered it up, closed down, moved shop, and then a whole like working class community like set up their houses, set up their families there, and then they had like such a sh- like so many issues with their health yeah like, very just, like, developmental like, issues yeah That's like so birth sad. defects higher rates of cancer stuff yeah. like that because they were literally living on top of a bunch of chemicals oh and, my god yeah it took them forever to get like funding yeah um i don't even know to clean it up yeah. and it like led to like a bunch of legislation. Oh my god, what is it called? The resource the Superfund Act. Yeah, or whatever Rukra, it's called. Rukra, Chukla, something like that. I think it's Cir- um, Circla. Circla. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I mean, that's another case of a poor group of people right. that could not get help and were disproportionately affected by mm-hmm. environmental problem so i mean i think you can't talk about that science without acknowledging the other parts yeah i like how everyone talks about how uh becoming more sustainable like for example like the coal mining industry like a lot of people talk about how it they're going to be economic consequences if we stop like mining but there are economic consequences if we keep doing that shit too like I mean, I don't know why no one talks about that. And I do understand it is difficult to shift to like having other types of like energy sources. But I mean, I it's like you cannot be short sighted about this stuff and we cannot be selfish about stuff because it is affecting everyone else. And we can't choose to not take responsibility. Like, I mean, I guess we have and we can, but we shouldn't. Right. And and I think that like in like just the way that our political system works, like we're very much geared towards short term gains over long term investments because yeah, okay. of like the way that the electoral system works. Um, you know, if you're a politician, then like you're going to do things that make like your constituents happy and like do things that are like, right. quote unquote better for the economy. Um, and generally, those short term investments are investments in non-sustainable resources mm-hmm. um, right. rather than long term investments in like alternative energy sources mm-hmm. um, or, you know, new standards for like building codes or like how businesses operate and things like things like that. Um, so I think that like partially like when and, and I think something that, that we've been touching on, but like something to understand is that like the average person like like caring about like in, like environmentalism like anybody can do but in order to like care like make it your top priority you have to understand that that's also partially a privilege 
and that like a yeah. lot oh yeah yeah and that a lot of individuals like you have to worry about the economy or if you work in you know a sector where like you might lose your job or take a pay cut or something like that if you know these new um environmental re- regulations are rolled out then like you know i i understand why people would not necessarily want to support it not because they don't support environmental environmentalism but because like pragmatically they need to prioritize other things yeah so i think right. that like really when we're looking at big structural change and in, in the sense of like how we push forward environmentalism like we're gonna have to take a like a look at how we can support communities that are going to be affected by that so communities yep. that are obviously currently um you know being infected negatively by you know it, environmental um impacts of whatever but also like looking at people that like economically are going to be affected um just like very like logistically like affecting their day-to-day life are going to be affected by that in order to really connect with like the voters and to build a coalition um to really support environmentalism and like a big structural change in the country yeah yep. i think i think like in terms of like politics like the closest thing we've gotten to like good legislation would have to be like the green new deal yeah Um, yeah and like i i think they did like a i would say like a decent job in terms of accounting for the effects of these environmental like regulations on communities that are most impacted Mm -hmm. by it Mm -hmm. it's just like it's just hard because like it's a it's a very complicated topic and i feel like a lot of people like simplify it to oh is climate change real versus is it not real right i mean obviously it's real yeah but what can we do to stop it yeah right i kind of wanted to talk about that because i have a little bit of empathy for people who are older who didn't learn about environment like the environment in school um i kind of empathize with them being like i guess i understand why they might think it's not real especially if they aren't like like if they didn't really learn a lot about stem um, cause right. I know that's yeah. definitely a more like modern thing for that to be emphasized in our school mm-hmm. and they kind of that's really cool. don't know how like, you know, the compounds in the air kind of work and how like ozone is like made and like things like that. Um, and they didn't learn about even just like basic chemistry or like, you know, or environmentalism as a topic. Um, I kind of, I kind of understand why maybe they don't think that it's real. Like, cause you can't really, it's not necessarily oh, tangible, especially like where you live. And I think that also just goes to show how important it is because I guess all of us, the way that we learned about it was through education. Um, It's like a huge trend now. Everyone, I don't really understand when everyone loves to say like, oh, I don't really use whatever I learned in school in my day-to-day life. I feel like I use so much about what I learned in school in my day-to-day life. Like politics, (laughs) I like think about based on like environmental things I learned in school, like education policy I learned in school yeah like engineering like even though it is a little bit more practical than like a lot of people like and then then a lot of other like studies I use what I learned in school like at work all the time during my internships I mean even like basic math and like you know you gotta do your taxes like I don't know I (laughs) I mean like that's what I think about I like I think that the biggest consequence of people feeling like they don't need to pay attention or they're not really getting thing out, things out of school. Like, it's one of the biggest ones is environmentalism, like environmental causes. Yeah, that's true, that's true. I mean, because yeah. I learned so much, everything I basically know about it is from what I learned in school. And having a great education system and a proper curriculum for that is so important because it affects, like, it does, as much as people want to say, you don't really use it in the real real world, you do use it in the real world. 
And yeah, they, I I don't know. I like. I mean, I didn't, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I think that's something like interesting to think about is like when you're um, approaching the subject of like climate change or environmentalism, sustainability. Um, with people that either like weren't educated on it or just haven't really like given much thought to like what they've been educated on I guess like what what are your guys's thoughts on like how you approach that subject and how you can really like change the like vocabulary that you're using or at least the approach you take to like explain these things to other people because like I understand that like there are some people that staunchly don't believe in something mm-hmm. like that. They just don't, you won't convince them. And like, it's pretty much useless to try to convince pe- people that are staunchly against it. Like, there's no point, but like the people that, that are in the middle that are kind of like, I don't know, like, it's not really a big priority in my life. Like, why should I care? Like what, you know, have you guys used any strategies for that? Or like, what are your guys' thoughts on like how you can start, you know, either like educating them or at least making them a little bit more aware about like environmentalism. Yeah. It's reaching across the aisle. We're all about that tonight. <laughs> Mike, do you want to go for it? Yeah, no, I can can go. So I think one of the issues I see in, like, academia is focusing a little bit too much on those environment, not environmental, the scientific data. Yeah. In terms of, like, you almost, like, uh, I don't know the exact term. I think it's, like, gatekeeping, Mm -hmm. um, where people that might not have a an education or access to an education mm-hmm. um, might not understand these like higher like tech like high technical terms topics. it also right? might scare people yeah. to kind of think about it even though it's like because I feel like that about coding a lot like a lot of people think it's so complicated I'm just like it's even ba- it's very much it's algebra like yes coding can be complicated but like the whole subject as a whole like it's for everybody in the same way that environmentalism is for everyone you don't have to be of a certain education level to like do it yeah and so i think the best way to like educate people is to bring it to topics that they might be interested in um and so like you see this a lot with like endangered species and Mm -hmm. oh like donate this much money to save a panda or save a right. tiger, or even like with the tiger, yep. with the whole Tiger King documentary going on right now. <laughs> um, granted, it's a documentary. It's a lot on the Tiger King. Is it a documentary? Yeah, it's a documentary. Oh my god, I haven't watched it. I thought it was like a reality show. No, well, okay, they like frame it as a reality show in a way, and it's like super like entertaining characters. But at the core, it's about the issue of is it humane and is it like okay to keep tigers in these cages okay the issue goes the issue the issue stems from well why are they in cages in the first place it's because their habitats are being destroyed Mm. so Mm. these people like people are getting access to like environmental topics in different ways and like for like one of the examples like i've been taught and that you can use is um relating it back to something like gardening where an older person might be more interested in gardening Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) my grandma does have a garden exactly yeah that's true my grandpa's really into gardening (laughs) ask them have you seen any differences in terms of weather patterns or how does how does it change in terms over time as you garden because a lot of people will say oh i have to start gardening i have to start planting earlier in the year and mm-hmm. you know you can get ki- plant crops can be killed by frost 
because it's snowing in the middle of April. Yeah. But you planted right. your, but you planted all your crops so early because it's always warmer now. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Bringing it down to their level is important. So, um, I kind of wanted to interject something. While we're talking about, like, kind of our sense of time with climate change and also kind of these age differences in their understanding of it, um, I think it's really interesting because when we think about this time scale of first of all how long humans have been in existence compared to how long you know our client or our um, co2 levels and carbon and methane levels have been so high you know if you kind of look at this scale really since humans existence our carbon levels were very very stable until around the time of the industrial revolution right when we started using oil and gas and we started um you know basically pumping pollution into the air and so right and so it's very interesting because when you think about it we really didn't see these effects until very very recently so you know even you think about our parents and grandparents generation you know they may not believe in climate change or not really see these effects because, you know, when they were kids, plastic didn't even exist. All these things didn't even exist. The population was so much smaller. Mm -hmm. They don't realize that they lived so much more sustainably than we do right now. Right, right. And so now we're seeing all these effects of, you know, when our parents were kids, you could use a plastic bag for everything. And it didn't matter because we didn't know the impacts of plastic going into landfills and never biodegrading. I mean, the first piece of plastic that was ever made still has not biodegraded to this day. And so we just got in this habit, we just got in this habit of, you know, we can use it and there's no consequences because we as humans don't directly see these consequences yet. So those generations, especially, I mean, even our generation too, we just get in these habits of using these, you know, single use products and, you know, polluting the atmosphere without seeing the consequences that it kind of became a way of life, honestly, for them. And so I think that's kind of a lot of the reason why maybe some of these people are kind of maybe don't fully understand the impacts of humans' actions and that kind of stuff, because in their lifetime, really, you know, there weren't, they didn't see the impacts. Mm -hmm. And so things are so different now that we are starting to see the impacts of all these things. You know, the Great Pacific Garbage Patch, A, And, you know, these huge, I mean, we have well over 400 ppm of carbon in the atmosphere now, which is, I mean, people never thought it would get that high. And so now that we're seeing all these things, it's kind of starting, you know, in a way, it's like beginning to feel apocalyptic in a way, you know, it kind of, Mm -hmm. it's becoming in a way scary. And I think for us, we're like, holy cow, but maybe for other generations, it's not quite sinking in because that's just how they've always lived you know Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. i love that quote that you said i actually save quotes that i really like i think i'm gonna save that one that the first piece of plastic (laughs) ever created has not biodegraded till this day yeah i i i might you might want to double check that i'm pretty sure i learned that yeah Yeah. that's definitely true yeah yeah i'm sure it's i'm sure plastic plastic was invented i think in the 1950s so oh yeah it's definitely not biodegraded right so, and you think about how much just you use on a daily basis and multiply that right. by 7.4 or whatever billion people yeah. on the earth. So, mm-hmm. 
That yep, is so interesting. Sure. So I wanted to ask you guys about like little tips that we have because I I watch um Lauren Singer who is who used to be um, an environmental science student at NYU. I watch her on YouTube and she's like kind of known for like she gave a TED talk about how she lived like a full couple years with like only the amount of waste that can fit into a mason jar. And so I learned, yeah, so I learned a couple (laughs) of tips from her. And so hopefully we can all kind of just share like just practical tips that we do that we've kind of changed in our lives to be a little bit more sustainable. Um, I learned about, um, and like I try to do this, but I'm not like super good, but I did learn that for a lot of grocery stores, especially if you live in a big city, and I also saw this a lot in Seattle, like my aunt and uncle would um, take their own glass jar to fill up like orange juice and stuff like that and like milk. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and also for like a lot of like products, you can like a lot of stores have them in bulk so you can just fill up your own jars for it. So that's right. one tip I have. Oh yeah, another the metal straws. I use my metal mm-hmm. straw every morning. You never run out of straws because you have your stainless steel straw right there. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. I think for me, the biggest, uh, I guess, contribution that I try to make is like, um, as far as like fashion goes or just like clothing, like something huge. And Mike's all excited too, and I'm sure he's gonna talk about this. Yeah. But like, something that's actually getting like trendy with like the younger generation is like like thrifting, thrifting. clothes, or at least yeah. just being conscious about like the people that you're buying it from to see if it's sustainably produced. Like, I thrift probably 80 to 90 percent of my clothes you know unless people buy me clothes like i'm not going out and buying new things i'm like i think that that's easy especially i mean this goes with anything when you're shopping for it but like you have to understand like materials are coming from somewhere and like we don't even need to get into like the human rights abuses that go on and like a lot of like the shops that make like the cheap clothing that we use yeah Um, but we can just focus on like just from an environmental standpoint like all of like the cotton cotton is an extremely water intensive um plant that is used to make most of the clothing like when you're talking about the dyes yep just the like like factories that are producing um like all the clothing like we're talking like emissions on a very large scale right and you know i mean the motto is like what reduce reuse recycle but you know certainly on the reuse side like you know thrifting your clothes or sharing with friends like doing like i've heard people doing like clothes swaps or whatever you just go and bring all the clothes you want to get away and like trade with friends like being able to like get new things to you is i think um like one great way to be sustainable because it's like you know even if it's not brand new, like, like you're the first owner. Like, why does that matter? You know, like you can do a lot right. of awesome stuff with clothing in existence. And like, there's already like, I don't mean, I don't know the stats on it, but there is like so much clothing in the world that like everyone would, it, there's, there's more than anybody could fit in their closets. Yeah. If we just put it up, you know what I'm saying? A lot of it, it just gets thrown out. So like, you know, there's enough out there. It's just really a case of like finding a system that works for you in order to like get things that are new and like there's other um like online shops like depop is another one that i use now um posh yeah poshmark um where it's like you can just list the clothes that you don't want anymore and then you can like sell them to other people so you can either like monetize it but like i think that you know being sustainable about the way that you like consume your clothing is a great way to kind of increase your sustainability yeah i think also like at least in america like we're just like really used to having like a lot of clothes but um, I also really love watching a lot of French YouTubers and they like, a lot of them talk about how, I mean, and not just in France, but I'm sure there are a lot of other countries that follow the same practice, but 
um, a lot of people, a lot of Americans who move to France, they talk about how they have, like, a lot less, uh, they have, like, this 10-item wardrobe for each season, and, like, I think it's really exciting to, like, kind of learn about uh, different cultures and their lifestyles. Um, it's obviously more sustainable, so, I mean, I guess, like, kind of a trend that I've been talking about is a lot of the things that I learned about sustainability is kind of learning about different cultures, like, learning about, like, the Seattle culture, learning about, like, the you know, French culture. I know the Scandinavians are really into their wool mattresses. So they basically have the same mattress for their whole life and they have it made of wool instead of like mm, the yeah. way that we have our, our mattresses are made of like cool. plastic or polyester, right? Or something, some like fire resistant thing, but they have natural mass mattresses and wool is like naturally fire resistant. So it's really interesting. I learn a lot about environmentalism through learning about different cultures, which is something that I'm particularly passionate about. Like, I love to, like, travel and learn about different things. Um, and so hopefully the things that I pick up will cancel out all the admissions from the plane that I take to go to that. <laughs> Very true. Yeah, that's interesting. Mike and Emily, do you guys have any, yeah. like, tips that you guys use in your lives? Um, I guess something I was thinking about when you were talking about clothing is, um, I think now with modern society and the conveniences of ordering things online we one of the big things we can do is be a little more conscious about i guess kind of how many things we're ordering online and kind of the whole amazon concept of like amazon prime and all of that yeah. because um you know and i i don't really know enough about like amazon's processes and stuff like that but i do know you know when a lot of us order stuff on amazon prime and you want it the next day or whatever they'll send out trucks and, and shipments of trucks that are not full. I mean, they're maybe half full. Mm -hmm. And so really, these trucks are making double the trip that they need to do because people want their stuff the next day. So really, I mean, that's double the methane emissions. And so it's just a lot of them are very inefficient processes. Mm -hmm. And then you think about kind of the packaging on top of that, how much plastic is used. Yeah. And I know a lot of companies now are trying to use maybe like bioplastics and that kind of stuff yeah. or maybe recyclable plastics. But who, when you get your package, like how many people actually recycle the plastic that's in there? Right. You know, a lot of times it's not, you can't just put it in your municipal recycling. Maybe you have to go somewhere else and take it. And so kind of, there's a lot of waste that goes on within the packaging and the actual transportation of the goods themselves. Yeah. And so I think, you know, if we can kind of, wait a little bit longer to get some of our products and like plan ahead more right um, that's yeah. a big way that we can help um another yeah. thing i always take my um my um like reusable grocery bags i know mm -hmm. that's like something that's easy that everyone can do but it's just about like remembering yeah, it's it. good and to I talk exactly it like, all about remembering it because we've known to do that right. for how and many years but how much of us actually do it and right. i personally am exactly. so guilty and, of this yeah and i think a lot of it's kind of it's almost like a lifestyle change. Like you have to ingrain it in yourself. Okay. Why am I doing this? Okay. It's because as a person, I feel obligated that I need to do my duty and help the environment. And I think once you kind of ingrain that in yourself, then you'll find yourself doing a lot of things different. Like my big thing is I do not use single use plastics. So mm -hmm. even when I'm going to Starbucks, literally like maybe this is a little extreme, but if I want like a cold drink or something, I literally will not go to Starbucks unless I have my reusable cup with me. So sometimes, you know, I'll be like, oh, I just want coffee, but then I won't do it because That's, I don't have my cup with me. And it's so good it's on like, your wallet too. 
Yeah, so maybe, I mean, maybe that's a little extreme because people need their Starbucks. But, you know, it's kind of just training yourself to think in a different way. And I think that's one of the biggest things you can do for yourself is just train yourself because you can't, you can't, every single person can train themselves to do that. It's just mm-hmm. about caring enough about, you know, the environment and something bigger than yourself. And motivates about you. Other people, right, that, you know, in some way that you can kind of change and, and feel, you have to really bring your feelings into it too. You know, it's like yeah. you have to feel that it's your duty to yeah. do those things and then you'll do it. I mean, you will. Yeah. It just takes that training yourself. Yeah. I have a little tip about like canvas bags. So one thing that I did is um, I got like a free like cloth bag from work. And so I just like fold that up and put it in my backpack. Um, so like, or you can put it in your purse or something if you, um, carry that around all the time. So then you always kind of have something to use if you're ever in that situation. And then I know, um, on Amazon, you can click the, like, you don't, you can choose opt out of the, like the two day shipping option. And if you are going to use Amazon, then you can, and if you want to use it, you can have it ship more efficiently with all of your packages together. There is an option for that. And I do also like, um, my parents just moved and so I know that for a lot of packing companies and stuff like that or even just regular companies I'm sure if you call them and ask them to pack it in like a cloth bag um, or they can bring like crates and stuff to like move your stuff that are just reusable Um, because it's all about more than recycling I think reducing and reusing is definitely more effective so those are two things that you could do for um, like that could kind of help if you are going to be doing those things Um, like just always call like for example like if you're ordering takeout always call and ask and see you know, you don't like tell them like you don't need to include like the plastic fork and spoons and things like that. I already have it at home. Yeah, that's so. awesome. That's a really good tip. Yeah. Okay, Mike. What, what about, Mike, you? about you? Okay, yeah, I'll go. Um, <laughs> I guess for me, the biggest thing because it's, it's very easy to get into like the whole oh the world is gonna end. Big businesses are so big and there's nothing you can do. But I feel like mm-hmm. I truly like I guess. I might be a little bit optimistic, but I believe that everyone has a voice and, or everyone should have a voice at least. And yeah. any change that we do to like our lifestyle will have an impact. Yes. So, any little thing that you do, you think <laughs> it's not even, if you're ever doing it one time, just like exactly. just do it. Yeah. Um, so I think a voting is a big thing. Like, yes, yes. yes all use, about it. Use your, please like, please vote. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> just vote. Like, it's important for your voice to be heard, and we need to support candidates that actively want to help our future. So, yes. voting 100% is the best thing. Yes, First you can sign up for sign- email reminders for that, everybody. I know uh, election day or whatever should be a national holiday. That's just yes. me. Yes. Whatever. <laughs> totally. Whatever. Um, I'd say, like Emily said, like, I feel like a lot of people have, like, one thing that they're super passionate about. So, like, she's about not using single-use plastics. I'm a vegetarian, so, like, my thing is, like, not eating meat nice. whatsoever. And I think the just, like, the whole animal agriculture industry is it's very interesting yeah. to see like how much of an impact it actually has um yeah. so i think i don't eat meat personally and i think it's important for us just just to know where our food comes from yep. and 
how like what impacts does that have yeah and i think a lot of people are trying um not necessarily for environmental reasons but a lot of people are trying for like health reasons to do like meatless mondays and things like that but if you learn more about like the environmental impact like one thing that i've tried to do was to um like a couple days a week to not eat meat um so i'm my parents are indian so like growing up with indian cuisine it's a lot easier to like not eat meat so if you guys want to try something new then definitely check out some indian recipes um if you don't want to eat meat a couple days we should make we should make like a website where we can post stuff like this like recommendations yeah 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 Um, i actually right i what i do like my search on youtube is just like healthy vegan recipes and that's what i like started doing and like i I make this like really i like on tasty and stuff like that which is like buzzfeed's like recipe channel they have this like vegan like meal prep thing that i follow just like i mean i'm not a vegetarian but like I, and it's like, yeah, I mean, a lot, part of me, like, feels like, oh, I'm not doing enough. But I guess if anything we learned from this was, like, anything that you do or, like, to Mike's point, like, a couple days a week, like, you can kind of make, like, little changes in your lifestyle. Like, you can still live a very happy and fulfilled life if you're sustainable. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Go. Um, so one thing about the meat, um, like, eating meat and stuff like that that I think is really cool is, what makes the biggest impact in terms of like reducing our carbon footprint and that kind of stuff, you know, like you don't have to become vegetarian cold Turkey in order to make an impact. So, you know, it's a lot of people think like, Oh, well I don't want to be vegetarian. So whatever you don't need to, if you Mm -hmm. think about it, what, like one person being vegetarian out of every 20 people or whatever does not have as much of an impact as all 20 of those people may be doing a couple meatless days during the week, really. Yeah. So, so I think a lot of environmentalism comes back to collective action. So if, if we can get more people kind of eating a little bit more sustainably, that's going to have such much of a bigger impact maybe than just a couple people doing it here and there. So, you know, I think making, you know, environmentalism as a whole and, you know, the eating meat and that kind of stuff just more attainable for people by saying you know you only have to do small things because if everyone does something small that has such a big impact compared to maybe just a few of us who really care about the environment going really hard about it so I think that's the biggest thing I have for everyone is just do the small things because they really do make a difference if everyone does them right yeah not to be intimidated like you can do it just don't feel also I think there's like guilt that comes because I feel that way I feel guilty sometimes being like oh I'm such a bad person also like I because I like I said it before I don't know as much about it as I think I you know like I should but I'm I'm motivated to just like little things like I'm to start doing like a little bit more and you know just to be thinking about it and to kind of understand the consequences of it and then just it'll naturally kind of come into place that I would want to like make those sustainable choices so right. I also, right. yeah. yeah oh sorry paul i'll go no go no you're good okay um i also think like look if you're so like bent on eating meat fine just like <laughs> another, thing, another thing is like shopping like locally like yeah you have a local stormer market like go there like a chances are the food will be healthier first of all tastes better see, too tastes better see support local business yeah. um d when you shop for like local foods you like 
you don't a lot of people don't realize how much of an impact the transportation yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah um and like because we all think about oh i'm just going to drive to the supermarket and look oh there's so many a wide variety of fruits and vegetables um but you don't actually think like where did these fruits and vegetables come from yeah having a strawberry in december is not like normal (laughs) yeah and like it comes from so far away and there's all these impacts of you know the transportation for flying it for refrigerating it for keeping it cold yeah so so eating seasonally and locally yes yeah okay awesome Thank you guys yeah. so much. This is a good show. I, I learned a lot. Awesome. This is awesome, you guys. Yeah. Thanks for joining us, guys. This was really fun. I learned I a lot so today. Fun. Good. Yeah, I'm really happy <laughs> I we did, did too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I feel educated. Um, yeah. Something that some of my favorite podcasts do at the end is give people um, a chance to plug things if they want. Ooh, yes. Do you guys have anything you want to plug? Oh. Mm. Um, I just started a new blog that I launched yesterday. Oh my um, gosh, that's so exciting! <laughs> and I write a little bit about um, like some of the like DIY projects I do, but also I write about um, like environmental stuff too. So if you guys are interested, it's called The Essence of Emily. Oh my god, I love that! <laughs> I love that. Do I want to plug anything? Mm. <laughs> Save the turtles. No. Do you have a Visco, no, Mike? Be happy. Be happy. <laughs> oh, yes. I love that. Yes, plugging happiness. Yes. There we, go. we love that. Oh, um, plug. Stay safe. Please social distance. Like, <laughs> just like stay inside. Like do not go out. If you do go out, use the proper protection. Um, because I want this to be over. So. Yes. <laughs> hey, I think we can all get behind that. Yeah, yeah, there you go. That's 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 my plug. Stay you don't have a Visco account, street, Michael. Even though you want it to be over. I know. <laughs> don't get me don't get me started on those protests. Like, <laughs> and we'll save that for another week. Uh, I know. Yeah. Next episode. <laughs> like the worst part is like even like I've seen pictures of people wearing masks and protesting. I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> what are you doing? We're going we're going down a rabbit hole. Alright, yes, again, Emily, Mike, you guys were awesome. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank Um, you, guys. And that's going to be wrapping up episode eight for you guys. So, um, signing off, I'm Richa. I'm Paul. I'm Emily. Catch you next week. (laughs) (laughs) Emily can go ahead and... Oh, no, Emily's frozen. Alright, and that's that's good. Bye, (laughs) y'all.